Hey, happy Labor Day. Is it well, tomorrow? Happy Labor Day weekend. I uh, hope all of y'all are enjoying it. Got something planned? Have y'all go cook tomorrow? Have y'all got your brisket marinating? Nobody? I was planning on coming over. I'm kind of, I'm trying to kind of figure out what my money's going to look like. If y'all could go ahead and fill me in, that'd be real good. I uh, hope everybody's having a good uh, weekend. believe God's got good things for us this morning. Have y'all ready for church this morning? I know there's lots of people out of town. Uh, maybe you're in from out of town. Maybe you're uh, just passing through, came to visit uh, somebody. If you're uh, a visitor here this morning, I want to say welcome to church. Welcome to church in the movie theater. Welcome to the river. Uh, there's a cup right there in front of you. It's got a little card. Ask you to fill out that card, putting it in the offering receptacle as it goes by so that I uh, know you can take off. Uh, so that uh, we'd like to know that you were here. Uh, I promise you that's a hassle-free guarantee we have with that card. Not going to come visit you or anything like that, but I do want to send you something in the mail just to thank you for coming and uh, let you know we appreciate it. It's just a little gift from us. I mean, I like free stuff. Yes, I like free stuff. Uh, so we'll send you, some, send you something in the mail, and uh, I'd like to befriend you on Facebook, and we'd like to pray for you. Really, that's all, all we want. So I promise you it's a hassle-free card. Please fill it out. I know sometimes you think, I wonder what they're going to do with this card. I promise you uh, uh, nothing over the top. not going to visit you, come by your house or anything, but we'd really like to know you're here. A lot of good churches in Lake Charles. Thanks for coming to uh, worship with us this morning. encourage you to come back a couple times because every week's a little bit different. This morning we kind of did like a little acoustic thing, and uh, he beat on that box. Boy, tread that box. I tear that box to pieces. You wouldn't think that a box could make that many sounds. But they will. I tried it. And all I get is thump, thump, thump. But man, you just hit it in the right places. It'll do all kinds of stuff for you. Uh, so we're glad all of you are here. Before uh, we go any further, I want to give you a scripture this morning concerning your giving. So if you're a guest here, then you're our guest. But everybody that calls this church their home, always give them a scripture concerning their giving, concerning their offering, their tithes and offerings. So if you got your Bible this morning, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at some red letters. I mean, I like the red letter part of your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, we're going to put it up on the screen behind you. And I uh, have a couple of announcements I'll give you after, uh, after we uh, take up our offering, our tithes and offerings this morning. Matthew chapter 6, six this is Jesus talking about money and uh, uh, the control that money has. How many of y'all know every person in here, money controls you in some degree? And I hear people say, money don't control me. Well, that's because you ain't got none. <laughs> but if you got some, it's going to get your little butt out of bed. It's going to get you to the J-O-B, and uh, you're going to stay there longer than you want to stay. You're going to do things you don't want to do, and, then, and you do all of that not because you like your foreman. I love Sitco. No, you're not there because you love Sitco. You're not there to be nice or because you just love your foreman or your boss or the guy that's over you. You're there because money has, it exercises some amount of control over us, right? I mean, money puts gas in the tank. If you got a tank and if you want a tank, but you don't have a tank, money's going to be the way that you're going to get a gas tank. Right. I mean, money puts uh, food in the cupboards. I mean, I remember as a kid, you, money gets your fruit roll ups in the cupboard. Right. Ding dongs and Twinkies. I mean, I had those parents. My parents rocked food club. I mean, I remember food club. They were pretty good. Weren't too bad. Little Debbie. Uh, but uh, I was actually, I took my kids yesterday to get push-up pops. How many of y'all remember push-up pops? Yeah, man, I just, I just, I, I, it was, I've been studying. I was like, kids, get in the car. We're going to go get some push-up pops. I hadn't had push-up pops in like, I don't know, probably 15 years. How many of y'all remember the Flintstone, Flintstone push-up pops? I said, get in the car. We're going to get uh, Nutty Buddies. How many of y'all know what a Nutty Buddy is? I said, we're going to get Nutty Buddies and push-up pops. So we got us a box of both, and we ate them all. It was awesome. And as we're driving, we're going to get these. You know, I, I was telling my kids, I said, used to, whenever I grew up, the way I got push-up pops is there was a swan man. Now, I grew up in Alexandria. Was there a swan man in Lake Charles? How many of y'all had the swan man? I didn't see. I didn't know if, y'all, if, if he was down here. He hasn't been around in a long time. But whenever I was a kid, the swan man would come up. He would knock on your door, and he would have a catalog, and he'd have his frozen truck. And he would say, would you like to buy anything from, from me today? And my dad would be like, no, all y'all stuff's too expensive. But right before Schwan Man was about to leave, he said, y'all got any ice cream? Oh, yeah. And before you know it, you know, you got like, you got you some salmon patties. 
And you got you some uh, all kinds of stuff. That's how I got my push-up pops. So my kids were amazed that there was somebody that actually come to your house. And they would help you buy all this stuff. But, but it takes money to do all that, right? So money has some amount of control over our lives. And Jesus here is going to speak to that. And uh, uh, he's going to talk about not money dominating you. So money can have some control. Uh, it will have some interest in your life. It just can't have a controlling interest, right? It, it can control you to an extent. He just says it can't dominate you. So here in the 24th verse, they're going to put up on the screen if you got it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, if you got your worship guide. It says, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the first master or he'll love the second. Or he will be devoted to the first and he will despise the second. You cannot serve God and wealth. And what I want you to see here is the first thing is that he equates love. That that there is a a love and he actually says either you're going to love God or you're going to love wealth. Or you're going to love what the world has to offer. And Jesus here is not saying that that you don't need all these things. No, he actually says, I know what you need before you even ask for. And we're going to see in in the rest of today's message, he's going to say, I know that you need clothes. I need all. I know everything that you need. And there's nothing wrong with needing things. But he does. He puts it real clear. He says, you can't love them both. In other words, you, have, it, you can't be dominated by your, your, your finances. And, and one way that we break that off of our life is through our giving. So people say, well, why do you give? Why would you just give? What, what do you give for? Well, I give for lots of reasons. I give, the Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance. So I give for that reason. The Bible says that whenever I give, that he'll open up the windows of heaven upon me. So I want that part of my life to be blessed. But also I give, uh, I give so that money knows who's boss. You know, you got to tell your money who's boss. If you don't, then Jesus here, he said that money will dominate you and that, and that it'll exercise. He says you can't love one. If you love one, you'll despise the other. You can't love them both. So another reason why I give, I encourage people to give, is just so you're telling money who's boss. And whenever we tithe, whenever we give, we're just saying, God, I give you access to this part of my life. I want you to know you're the boss, right? You're the boss. In whatever area God's the boss, and how many of y'all know he likes to be first? Come on, God wants to be first in your marriage. He wants to be first in your week, right? He wants, you, he wants to be first in your year, first in your month, first in your finance. God likes to be first. If you look all throughout the Old Testament, nowhere does God say, put me third. You just don't see it. I'll take fourth. No, God don't take fourth. He, he, he wants first. He requires first. So whenever we give, another reason why we give, I'm mean, just, just encouraging you this morning that as you give, not to just throw it in the bucket, but you're saying, God, I give to honor you. God, I give you to give access to this life. And God, I want you to know that I love you and that, 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 that money doesn't dominate me. I dominate it. I've told you this quote before. I love this quote from P.T. Barna. P.T. Barney says, money is an excellent slave, but it's a horrible master. Money is a wonderful slave. How many of y'all like it? Don't act like you don't. Come on, you can't, you can't get the push-up pops without it. Come on, we all like it, but it's a wonderful slave. It's a terrible master. Let's pray this morning over our giving. Thank you, Father God, that we give to you for so many reasons. God, you said that we're blessed to be a blessing. You said that the to whom much is given, much is required. Thank you, Lord, for all of us. We got shoes, we got clothes, we have homes and, and jobs, and that we have income. And thank you, Lord, that we honor you with our finances. We break the power of money off of our life, that we say that you have control in every facet of our life. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing, the blessing of God, the hand of God upon every person here, every business that's represented every school, every home, uh, uh, every career that, that's in this place this morning, even the ones that aren't here, the ones that are out of town. God, we pray for your blessing to be upon them. Thank you, Lord. We honor you with our giving this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, I got a couple announcements I'm going to give you about stuff that's happening at the church. But before I give you the announcements, the, the first announcement I want to tell you about is in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to be doing our, this will be the fourth time that we've done it. And this is where we go to the police stations and the fire stations and we uh, bring them goodies. Uh, we show up at the firehouse with, a whole, with uh, brownies. And it's a bunch of guys sitting around waiting for that bell to go off. Ding, 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 ding. And once the bell goes off, they got to put their clothes on real fast. And then they go and they put out your grease fire whenever you overcook the catfish. How many of y'all glad for those people? 
Yes, well, whenever we walk in with, these, with this stuff, they're glad to see us. We haven't had one person in four years say, I don't like brownies. No, they all, these guys, they welcome us in, uh, the ladies at the police station. So I have a real quick video. of. Uh, 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 I watched it this week, and I, I love this police officer. Uh, I just think he's amazing. So show that video real quick, and you've got to turn it up because he's awesome. Stories after this. Some of y'all maybe seen this guy before. I, I watch it just Monday when I night, July Smile. the 13th. A man forced his way into this building, ransacked the interior, and severely damaged an old safe inside trying to open it. The scoundrel left empty handed. The man who did this left behind physical evidence that's being processed by detectives, but he also left behind whatever was left of his soul because <laughs> this wasn't just any office. This Cretan broke into the Holy Trinity Catholic Church in Washington. Look at the damage he did to the old safe. Consider the time he spent inside God's home, peering through church business, opening things that belong to Christ, working very hard to pry open the church's safe, trying to steal cash collected from tithing Catholics. Think about what kind of evil passed through him that night. Mr. Lucifer, <laughs> step away from your council of demons for a minute and pay attention. The Christians that congregate here on Sundays are generous, loving folk. Despite your actions, the church still wants to help you. Eventually, the lab results will pin this crime on you, or one of your criminal associates will turn you in for the cash we'll pay. I'm giving you one chance to make things right. Turn yourself in, confess your crime, accept responsibility for your actions, and work out a way to repay the church for the damage you've caused. If you do that, these good Catholics will forgive you and help you regain your soul. Or you can hide like an animal whose heart has become a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. Inside these walls, forgiveness and redemption awaits you. Out there where you dwell, you'll cross a man like me. And I'll be riding a pale horse. Yes! <laughs> On behalf of Crime Stoppers, I'm Captain Higgins. Man, I wish he was here. I would just like chest bump him like five times in a row. God, just love him. You'll come across a man like me and I'll be riding a pale horse. <laughs> Glory to God, man. I like him. Man, Mr. Lucifer, step away from your demons. Yes! Oh, my gosh, Captain Higgins. I just went, man, if he was here, I would just let him give the message this morning. I'd say, Captain Higgins, just grip it and rip it this morning. Tell us, tell us something about you on the pale horse. Oh, man, I love that. So one of the things that we do, and it's in your worship guide, is uh, we'll, we'll have all you guys. You guys are cook, always a real favor. Last year, I think we had like five tables full of goodies. And uh, as we dismiss, we say, everybody go home, have a great afternoon. Uh, you stop by these uh, establishments. Don't take you five minutes. You walk in there to the uh, Troop D or whichever troop or whichever firehouse. And you just say, hey, we just want to be a blessing. And uh, the reason we do it around this time is it's for September 11th, uh, just honoring all those guys that, that got killed. And, of course, if you know anything about what's going on with the news and the law enforcement, uh, just really volatile, really a shame. But it really, to me, it's a picture of a lot of the stuff that's happening Right now in our nation, a lot of the upheaval and things that are happening. And uh, really, to me, it's a sign of the times that these things aren't going to get uh, better necessarily. You're going to see more of this stuff. So uh, we want to honor them and thank them for their service. Guys like Captain Higgins out there looking for people on his pale horse. Uh, I, I love it. So uh, that also we've got membership coming up. I'm not going to go through all of them. If you guys have a worship guide, then you can kind of see uh, what's happening. We have membership coming up in a couple of weeks. And then also we'll be going to Pre and Lake Park. Uh, we do this every year. For This is our fourth year to do this. And that's where we just celebrate uh, uh, four years. Today was the first time in four years. I've never missed a Sunday in, in four years. But also not only that, I've always pulled a church trailer for 208 consecutive Sundays, I brought a, a church trailer. And today, I did not bring a church trailer because now we're in three movie theaters and all of our stuff is stored behind the screen. So it was kind of weird. I was driving with Noble this morning. I said, man, it's weird not having a trailer. I've never showed up at church. Not having a trailer. We've always had all our gear in the back of a trailer. So we've been doing this for four years. And uh, we'll go to Pre and Lake Park, eat together, hang out, play volleyball, stuff like that, and celebrate our four-year anniversary that's coming. 
coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, I want to uh, get into the Word this morning. So if you've got your Bible, I'm going to have you open up to two different passages. Now, uh, while you're going to those two different passages, I'm going to uh, quote a passage here in Romans chapter 12. But I encourage you to shake yourself and pinch yourself. I know it's Labor Day. And it's kind of maybe you already are, are, are high on brisket. Or you've already eaten too much. But I encourage you to just kind of shake yourself a little bit. Because really I feel like what the Lord's got for me this morning is a really really specific in particular. Maybe one of the most important messages that we have really certainly maybe for the rest of the year. And maybe all year. So I encourage you just to kind of push in. I mean I know sometimes you get out what you put in. Sometimes you've got to kind of push in to God and to the presence of God. So I encourage you to kind of push in this morning. The two passages I want you to push to, to turn to or put in your phone or iPad or however you do what you do. Uh, I use paper. Is uh, Luke chapter 12 and Philippians chapter 4. Luke chapter 12, Philippians chapter 4. While you're turning there, uh, there's a scripture in Romans chapter 12 that says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Be not conformed. That word conform just means... Uh, don't be uh, uh, similar to or don't be like. And here uh, Paul is telling us, he says, don't be like the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good, acceptable, perfect will of God. In other words, all of us want to do the will of God, but we're getting instructions here that the, the level that you're willing to change your mind is the level uh, to which you'll have the will of God in your life. So lots of people, they want the will of God in their life. They just don't necessarily want to make the adjustments to get it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And here he says, listen, if you want the will of God, he says, that, he says I'm going to have to change your thinking. So this morning, I'm going to work on changing your thinking a little bit uh, on a particular subject. And here he says you have to be transformed. That word transformed just is the word where we get a metamorpho, or it actually means metamorphosis. This week I did flashcards with Noble. How many of y'all remember studying with flashcards? Come on, yeah, some of y'all, yeah, you got to go back now. You got to go back. It took me back, you know, and I hold up. And this week, it was all about science and metamorphosis. So one of his words was metamorphosis. So I hold it up. And he says, that's where one creature turns into a totally different creature. And I hold up the next one. And, you know, what is the silk sack that this takes place? Cocoon. And I hold up the next one. And really, it's the same word that, that God is saying here. He says, he says, I want to transform you or I want you to experience metamorphosis. So I say, well, what's the example here? And Noble says, well, a butterfly. And that's, what, that's the main example that we have here. God is basically saying, listen, we all come to Jesus as a worm. How I many of y'all know that's right? We all come to Jesus as a worm, right? But he's wanting to put us into an environment. And within that environment, if you'll stay in that environment long enough, you'll break out of that place and you won't be a worm any longer. God's design is for us not to stay like that. He says, I want to transform you or I want you to morph or metamorphosis into something exceptional. How many of y'all know whenever a worm goes in and he comes out, he comes out a lot better? Right? I mean, he comes out and he's, he can soar. He's not crawling on his belly anymore. He can rise. He can, uh, he's a marvel. I was watching uh, How It's Made this week. I like How It's Made. If you know me very, very much, you know, I like to watch these shows. And they took this whole sack of cocoons. There's probably 500 cocoons in there. And they spray them with water. And then they would find the one strand on the end of each one of these cocoons. And they would pull all of these strands and make one strand of like 500 pieces of silk and then they turn on this machine and it unravels all of those cocoons and off of all those cocoons comes just one thread of silk and then that thread goes on a giant spool and then all of you ladies get you some silk sheets or some pantyhose how I many I like your pantyhose uh, yeah not me uh all of that comes off of this cocoon, right? Uh, but, but that cocoon, it's a place where something significant happens. So I'm believing God this morning that this will be a cocoon in here. That, that God's wanted to get us into an environment where he can change us. But he says that what I'm trying to change is not just your habits. I'm trying to change your mind. I'm trying to work on your thoughts and I'm trying to take you for, from a place uh, of difficulty. And once I get you in that environment long enough... That then I can I can change 
your life, change your world. So this morning, this, this little subject of this thing I want us to change our mind on or what I want to look at, it's actually three different words. And the Bible says that three chords, th- th- things that come in threes, that sometimes they're hard to break. But there is this word of fear, anxiety, and worry. The Bible talks about over and over and over again, fear, anxiety, and worry. The reason I want to talk about this morning is we're in the middle of a series called Faith. And we've been looking at people that just did supernatural things with God's help. Right? Daniel uh, in the lion's den. He didn't get eaten. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace. They didn't didn't burn. Noah in a flood. He didn't drown. Jericho, they marched around. The walls came down. Sarah at 90, she started having babies. Uh, David killed. Goliath, right? He said, I'll cut your head off today and I'm going to feed you to the birds. Don't you like David? I like him. But he didn't, nobody did these things by accident. The Bible tells you very clearly in Hebrews that they did these by faith. It wasn't by uh, a, a karma or by luck. No, they, they stepped out and they said, God, I believe that, that the impossible is available. And uh, if there's one thing I want you to get out of this whole series, just one thing, I, I want you to get that these guys weren't superheroes. Because we live in superhero days, right? I mean, every, every other month, they're coming out with Ant-Man. I mean, that's what it's come to now. We're running out of heroes. Now we've got to go to Ant-Man. Uh, I grew up, you know, with Superman. How many of you the, the real deal? The real dude, now. The real guy. Uh, I grew up with him, and then, you know, Batman came. But now you've got all of these superheroes. You've got Transformers and the Fantastic Four, and you've got... Uh, of course, you got the new Batman coming out and the, the new Superman and you got Spider-Man 1 through 12. And you've got all of these different superheroes like we're inundated with superheroes. And if there's one thing I want you to get out of the whole series is Noah didn't have a cape. Elijah didn't have a cape, right? These, the Bible tells us clearly that these weren't superheroes. And sometimes we look at people and we're like, well, well, that's Batman. No wonder he can do that. He's Batman. And sometimes we read our Bible and we think, oh, well, that's Noah. Or, oh, well, that's Moses. Or, oh, well, that's Elisha. Or, oh, well, that's David. Or, oh, well, that's Daniel. And, and we, we, we give them capes. But, but the whole point of the series, I want you to know that, that, that they didn't have capes no more than you have capes. They weren't superheroes. They were supernatural. And there's a difference. They were supernatural. In other words, they just said, God, I'm going to give you my natural. And I'm expecting you to hit me with some super. And then I can do things that are beyond what I could do by myself. So the whole point of the series is I want Huddle and Scott and all you guys to realize, listen, God gives us these examples, not just uh, uh, for, for Hollywood reasons, for us to read the Bible and think they're neat. No, God didn't put them in there so you would think they were neat. God put them in there so that he could use their life and what they did for him to, to kick you in the butt. And say, hey, 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 you're, you're not called to just live natural. You're not called to just chase money. No, you can't love both of them. You're called, you can do some, you can do something. You, you can reach your city or your, your, your teenager or your spouse. God put them in there for us. So, but, but in order to do that, we have to deal with, with these three words. Because all of us go through life and we wonder, God, why didn't you answer my prayers? How many of y'all been there? And last week, I gave you some good reasons why some of you ain't got to wonder why God didn't answer your prayers. Because he's real clear. He says, I'm going to give you seven reasons why your prayers didn't get answered. Well, this week, there's, there's, there's us again. They say, God, I, I spoke to the mountain and it didn't move. Jesus, you said that if I would say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and I would believe in my heart and not doubt that those things which I said, that, that I could have what I would say and the mountain would go. But, but the mountain didn't go whenever I spoke to it. Why didn't it move? I mean, I like to know some of these answers sometimes. I do. I like to know. I say, God, I talked to that mountain. That sucker just looked at me. It got bigger. I mean, I already did. It's like, God, it didn't go away. That thing got bigger. It got teeth. Lions came out of the mountain. They started to, mountain lions came out. God, this thing got worse whenever I started trying to get your help on it. What in the world is going on? Jesus, help, help. Well, I believe God wants, God wants to help us. I believe God wants, I believe God wants to put us in a cocoon and put us in an environment and say, listen, if I can change the way you think on some things, then I can change your life. And if you'll stay in that environment, then he says, I'll wrap you up. And get you in a place that whenever you break out, things don't have to be 
the same. So I want to look at these couple of passages this morning. Particularly first I want to read you these three definitions of fear, anxiety, and worry. The, the definition of fear is just an unpleasant emotion caused by belief that someone or something is dangerous or likely to cause pain. Anxiety is a feeling of worry or nervousness or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Worry just means to torment oneself or suffer from disturbing thoughts to fret, this one, next one's interesting, to move with effort. In other words, it just, whenever you start worrying about things, it, it actually bogs you down. Have you ever been mud bogging before? Well, you should go. You would like it. Here, apparently, worry, he says, it'll actually bog you down. And, and the Bible here talks about uh, fear, worry, and anxiety. And I want to kind of look at these, now that I've defined them, I want to look at some scriptures with you that, that, that talk about this. And some of you may think, well, well, this is not a big deal. Well, apparently, it's a pretty big deal. On your worship guide, there's some blanks, and I want to go over a couple of these blanks for you. And uh, the, the first one being is, uh, if you want to write in there, just write the number one. The number one prescriptions that we write in America are prescriptions that have to do with worry, anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. The number one prescriptions that are written in our nation are for drugs that deal with these types of things. Number one, number one prescriptions that are written in America are for anxiety drugs. So apparently we have a problem in this area. That they polled nearly 40,000 Christians and they said, uh, what's the number one thing you deal with on a, on, a day, on a weekly basis? And they said, stress, I'm too busy, I'm too tired. Uh, I, I'm upset, I'm worried, anxiety. So the number one thing that Christians are dealing with is, is this area. The number one amount of drugs that we're prescribing is for people with this area. Just to help put it in perspective, uh, the U.S. makes up 5% of the world population. And yet uh, we, 90% of prescription drugs for anxiety come from America. Not a crazy statistic. We make up 5%, but, but 90% of all of the drugs that have to deal with fear, anxiety, and worry are, are, are what uh, uh, come from us. Now, the last statistic, the last one I'll give you is you can write number one again. So all three times you're going to write number one. The number one commandment in the Bible is what? Does anybody want to guess? The number one commandment in the Bible numerically is don't worry, don't fret, don't have anxiety, and don't have fear. The, come on now, let's, let's, use, let's use our brains this morning. The number one thing God tells us not to do in the Bible is the number one thing that we're doing. And we have the, the results that prove it. We're writing all of these scripts for the number one thing God says not to do. And if I were to ask you, say, well, maybe these aren't Christians. If I ask you right here, I say, how many of y'all worry about your kids? How many of y'all worry about the future? How many of y'all worry about the economy? How many of y'all worry about this? How many of y'all worry about that? I suspect that at some level, hands would go up all across our little church this morning. All of these people would, would fall right in line with the fact uh, that, that this is something that I deal with and that I I struggle with that I have a problem with and yet it's the one thing God said don't do I don't know about you but I'm glad that, that, that to me this gives me a picture of the heart of God it gives me a picture of the heart of God because uh, he doesn't say the number one commandment that he gives us is don't drink don't smoke don't chew don't hang out with those that do no the, the heart of God is is he says the number one thing I'm going to tell you over and over and over and over and over again is trust me and if you can get that right, then it's just going to go well for you. If you could just trust me, if you can see that you're not an orphan, if you could see that I am your shepherd, if you could see that Jesus came to make me your father and your daddy, and I'm here to help you, if you would call upon me, I would answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. If you would just see me for who I really am, then you wouldn't need some of that stuff. And yet over and over and over again, the statistics are proving that, that, that we have a problem 
uh, with this area. So the reason I want to talk about this is the only way that that you and I are going to get free from these three things is if we see it as radioactive. Because this is the problem. Most of us, we've just got to where we we, we just, we, we take it. We're like, yeah, I worry about this, or yeah, I worry about that, or yeah, I stress about this, or yeah, I have panic attacks, or yeah, yeah, da, da, da. My wife used to get panic attacks all the time. She'd stay up half the night uh, having these panic attacks, just going crazy. And uh, I had that problem. I was like, you need to go to bed. And she just like restless leg and like kicking, just like having, just going. I mean, this happened the first few years of our marriage. She really struggled with these stress, these panic attacks, these worry, this anxiety. And yet God says over and over and over again, the number one thing he tells us is don't be like that. Because apparently it's like a silent killer. It's like a cancer that, that infects us and, and it cripples our faith. And we're in a series called, called Daring Faith. And we wonder, God, why, why, why is this not working? And many times it's because we're standing on a mountain of worry trying to command a mountain in our life to leave. I mean, I know that that's true. We're like, I'm standing on this mountain of worry and now I'm going to speak to the mountain like Jesus said and I'm going to expect it to leave. No, if you look at the very first part of that verse, the, the, the verse says, have faith in God. In other words, you can't stand on a mountain of worry and speak to your mountain and expect it to move. No, you have to stand on God and then speak to your mountain and expect it to move. But, but if you're standing on a mountain of worry, it, it, it won't work. So I was thinking... You know, for me, there's not a lot of things that really gross me out. You know, I can skin a deer. I remember the day I killed my first deer and they threw blood all over me. And I didn't care. I was like, I know, sorry, Christian. See, that grosses Christian out. Chris's like, ugh. But that, you know, that doesn't bother me. I'll skin a rabbit. I'll skin a duck. I'll skin a catfish. Uh, None of that bothers me. Rabbits, they're pretty putrid. Uh, But the rest, you know, that stuff doesn't bother me. A dirty diaper, I'll gag a maggot now. Uh, A a dirty diaper, and I'm just like, oh, 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 oh. Like, but my wife, I mean, y'all know women are different now. Not all women. I shouldn't say they're all different. But my wife, she can clean up like kid vomit. And if I get around kid vomit, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to get out of here. And she's just like, yeah, the kids are throwing up everywhere. And I'm like, dude, I'll, I'm going to my mother's. And she lives an hour and a half away. You let me know when this is passed. Because I can't be around. Like, like people's vomit just makes me vomit, right? And, and diapers, they're just like really funky to me. Like I just can't. I, oh, I don't even like think about them. I'm going to throw up on y'all. Just think about it. But, but, but other things, that, that they, they don't bother me. Right? So all of us have different things. That, that kind of gross us out. And until we get to a point to where worry is radioactive and anxiety is radioactive and, and fear is radioactive, that then we'll never get, get rid of it and we'll never be able to stand with having faith in God and, and having our prayers answered to the degree that we want. I, I was watching, I love that show. How many of y'all seen that show, How I Made My Millions? What's wrong with y'all? I love those types of things. You know, I like, y'all know, I like Shark Tank. I like entrepreneurial type stuff. You know, and there's a guy on there. He says, this is how I made my millions. And he's only one of like three people in America that whenever, uh, for a lack of better terms, when the poop kind of hits the fan, when things get real funky, real nasty, he's the one that they call. Whenever nobody else wants to touch it, he's the one they call. And he gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for just a few hours work. And they're on there and they're interviewing me. So this is why I made my millions. He says, I deal with stuff don't nobody else want to deal with. He says, you remember whenever Ebola landed in Dallas and the helicopters were flying over and there were guys in yellow suits with big respirators and big oxygen tanks? That was me. That was my guys. If Ebola comes to town, I'll get rid of it. I mean, this guy was just one of these guys. If there's an explosion and everybody else is running, and I wish, I was like, man, I wish I could get him to come this Sunday morning and bring us some Ebola because if he could walk in here in one of his yellow suits and be carrying some Ebola y'all would climb over the top of each other's heads to get out of this room I mean husbands would leave wives like it would just be like get out of here spouse I'm why why because you don't want to be around that stuff nobody in here wants to be around that type of 
of nastiness. And yet, once we get to our part and our point in our life where, where we see fear, worry, and anxiety, but, but we kind of welcome it and we kind of say, you know what, I can deal with that in my life. But, but Jesus said, listen, if you want things, if you want your faith to be effective, you need to have faith in God and, and not be willing to just settle for, to be tormented. Worry just means to torment oneself, to fret, and, and to have, have a hard time moving. And hundreds, I'm telling you, literally hundreds of scriptures, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, God says, you, you have to rid yourself of this. The whole reason I came was to rid you of this silent deadly, nasty, radioactive thing that, that binds up people's lives and keeps them bound uh, for years and years and years. And we could try to medicate it away or we could try this or we could try that. But I want you to know that, that God wants you to be free. And I feel like really, I'll just go ahead and tell you this. One of the reasons that, that I feel like this is pretty strong in me is I feel like over the next few months, there's going to be some unusual, strange things you're going to see in this nation you never thought you would see. And there's going to be some panic and there's going to be some craziness. And you're going to see things. You're already seeing things in, in the cities of our nations that have never been seen before. And you multiply it times 10 and there's going to be people ripping their hair out. But if you can be confident that I'm not going to stand on a mountain of worry. I'm not going to have fret or anxiety. I'm going to do what Jesus said do. I'm going to have faith in God. Then he actually says the peace of God will garrison your heart and your life. The peace of God will come in and make a hedge of protection around you so that no matter what craziness is going on, God's design for you is for you to know one thing and one thing alone. Don't fear, don't have anxiety, and don't have worry. But if you do have those three things, he says, you're going to come into some things that that's gonna, they'll shake you and they'll, they'll ruin you. So listen, I'm preaching to the choir because I, I, I worry about things, right? And I have anxiety about certain things. We had some real setbacks with the whole building out, out the job this week, man. I, Elizabeth walked in. She said, what's wrong? And, I, and, you know, we go through the whole thing. But, but it comes down to it. You got to say, no, I'm not going uh, to have worry. I'm not going to have anxiety. I'm not going to have fear. You know, how I many? Uh, sometimes it's tough preaching about this stuff when you're right in the middle of it. Right? Because then I got to get up and tell all y'all not to do it. And yet I'm the one getting slapped in the head with it. Worry about this. Worry about this. No, but we have to take our guard. We have to stand and say, no, I refuse to do that. So I want to look at uh, just two passages of Scripture. How many of y'all still with me? And I want you whenever, listen, y'all going to have so many opportunities to practice this. You won't make it out of the parking lot before the Lord, or not the Lord, but, but you'll have your own thoughts. I mean, I know fear, anxiety, these are uh, negative emotions is what psychiatrists would tell you. And every person in here is a three-part being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Your body will one day, right, it'll, it'll go into the ground. Your spirit will either go to heaven or hell, but your, your soul, your mind, your emotions... Your will, your intellect, this is the devil's playground. This is where he plays. This is where he operates. And he's constantly bringing negative emotions to you. And if you don't take control of those, then they'll paralyze you. They'll cripple you. And they'll keep you from being able to speak to mountains. They'll keep you from having daring faith. They'll keep you from being able to push in and, and expect God to get real results if you don't see him as a good shepherd and a father. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 uh, the Bible here, it says, do not fret. Everybody say fret. fret. Or have any. Everybody say any. Well, what about, well, you, well, you, I married fret. <laughs> I, mar I married anxiety, you know. I, no, he says, no matter what, no matter what's going on, he says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. In every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Look at verse 7 here. He says, and then the peace will be yours. It's a tranquil state of soul assured that it's salvation through Christ. So fearing nothing. All three of these words I've been talking to you about this morning are in this one verse. Don't fret, which means worry. Don't have anxiety. And now he says, fear nothing. From God, be content with the earthly lot of whatever sort it is. And peace which transcends all understanding will garrison and mount guard over your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus, uh, the Bible wouldn't have told us to do these things if it wasn't possible. 
But, but it'll never be possible for you if you are one of these people that just say, yeah, I worry about that. Yeah, I worry about that. Yeah, about what? No, until you, get, until you see it as, as radioactive. Until that thing comes walking into your room and, and he's dressed in a yellow suit. And until you at all costs climb out of the room and say, no, I'm not going to let that attach itself to my life. I'm not going to let anxiety attach itself. I'm not going to let worry and fear attach itself to my life. You come around here and I'm going to cut your head off and feed you to the birds just like David. And until you get that type of way with it, if you just allow it to just come into your life, it will attach itself to you. And, and it just grows. It's like, it's like a cancer. It really is. But we don't see it like that. And I'm just trying to enlighten your mind to see it that way. Because God wants to break you out and, and, and cause you to fly. But he says, the only way I can do that is if you change your mind about some of these things. So don't fret. Don't have anxiety. Don't have fear. I'm going to read Luke chapter 12. And then we'll be done. Luke chapter 12 verse 22. Jesus here speaking. How many of y'all think we should listen to him? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll listen to you. Jesus saying to his disciples, these are his followers, people that follow him. He says, so I tell you to stop what? Stop worrying. And now he's going to break it down. He says, stop worrying about what you'll eat or what you'll wear. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothes. Consider the crows. How many of you think you're more valuable than a crow? I mean, a crow is kind of a scavenger, kind of a nasty bird. Most people don't eat crows. If you do, don't tell nobody. And I've met some people that do. Oh, you don't eat crows? They're great in a gumbo. I wouldn't say that out loud. If I was you. I mean, crows are pretty nasty. How many of y'all have seen them on the side of the road? Right? They aren't harvesting wheat. They're eating the eyeballs out of something on the side of the road. And yet God here, he says, consider the crows. Consider them. He says they don't plant, they harvest. He says they don't even have a storeroom or a barn. Yet God feeds them. You are worth much more than the birds. Next verse he says, Can any of you add an hour to your life by worrying? If you can do a small thing like that, why worry about other things? Consider how the flower grows. They never work or they spin yarn for clothes. Yet I say that not even Solomon in all his majesty was dressed like one of these flowers. That's the way God clothes the grass in the field. Today it is alive and tomorrow it's thrown into an incinerator. So how much more will he clothe you who have so little what? Faith. Whole message, whole message we're talking about. He's saying even if you have a little faith, if you got a lot of worry, your faith won't work. Even if you have a lot of faith, but just a little bit of worry, he says, he says it won't work. You can't command the mountain to move when you're standing on a mountain of worry. The only way the mountain will move is if you have faith in God, if you're standing on God and His, what He said to do, which is not worry. Now, the last couple of verses, he says, don't concern yourself about what you'll eat or drink and quit what? Quit worrying about these things. Everybody in the world is concerned about these things, but your father knows you need them. Rather, be concerned about his kingdom. Then these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid, little flock. Your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. There's a story in the Old Testament I won't really get much to before we have to close this morning. And it's a story of Elisha. And Elisha is, uh, is, is in the nation of Israel. And there's, this, there's these kings that are attacking the nation of Israel. It's a great story. You should read it. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Uh, uh, and, and this king keeps trying to plot how he's going to destroy Israel. But, but while he's making his attack, the Lord would tell Elisha what the king is going to do. And then the king, and then Elisha would tell the king of Israel. He would say, hey, king of Israel. Yeah, the, the Lord told me that he's going to come from this way and he's going to attack you. That's what he's going to do. So then the king of Israel, uh, uh, Israel, they would turn everything and they say, all right, well, now we're going we're gonna to fight him this way. So then uh, uh, the, the king that's attacking, he says, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack him from this way. And the Lord told Elisha, he says, now they're going to do it this way. So then Elisha tells the king of Israel, says, yeah, now, now they're going to attack you from this way. And so then they would turn and, and they, would, they would meet him that way. And this king, he gets so mad at Elisha, he says, how do they know what I'm going to do before? I actually do it. And, and, and the guy tells me, he says, well, there's this guy named Elisha. 
and he hears what you say in your bedroom, and then he tells the king of Israel what your attack is. And he says, I'm going to kill that dude. I'm going to kill Elisha. So he takes his whole army. He takes all of the Bible says his horses, his chariots, and all of his mighty men, and they surround basically Elisha's house. And Elisha's servant gets up. He goes out of the tent to get something to drink. He gets over the ceiling. He looks. And the whole mountains are full of all of these chariots and horses and people. And they've come to what? They come to kill Elisha. Because they're like, this sucker is messing up what we're planning. So we're coming to, we're coming to kill him. So then the servant, you can imagine, he's like, he's like kind of freaking out, right? He's starting to what? He's starting to worry, baby. So, so he comes into Elisha. He says, Elisha, what are we going to do? There's horses, there's chariots, there's all of these mighty men. They've totally surrounded us. There's no way we can get out. They're here. They're going to kill us. Now let's, let's see. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16, they put it up there. It says, so he answered, he says, do not what? He says, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What a great verse. Lord Jesus, I need another tattoo. Just put that one. Lord, help me. Make me want to. Do not fear those that are with us are more than those that are with them. Now watch this. And this is my prayer for every person in here this morning. And Elisha prayed and he said, Lord, I pray that you open the eyes that they may see. God, I pray this morning that you open the eyes of all the people in our church, even the ones that aren't here this morning, that they may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. I mean, I'm glad when the Lord opens your eyes. Come on, I'm praying. I'm believing God this morning. He just opened your eyes. That this week, whenever this radioactive substance comes into your heart and your life and you want to worry about your kids or your teenagers or your job or how you're going to pay this or how you're going to make that, it's my prayer that the Lord just open your eyes and you see, you know what? Come hell or high water. I don't care what, what happens. That great, there's more that's with me than there is with them. And the Bible says that the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he beheld that the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What happened? God opened his eyes so that he could see beyond just the natural. Because looking in the natural, they were whipped, they were surrounded, and there was no way out. But once God opened his eyes and he saw, you know what? Uh, I have faith in God. He says that there was chariots of fire. What's that mean? He basically, he saw that there's angels. An innumerable host of angels in chariots of fire. Not regular chariots. These suckers are ablaze, right? And these aren't just like some knuckleheads with a metal hat on. I mean, you're talking about God has surrounded the enemy's camp with provision to whip. And, and Elisha had it all the time. Elisha wasn't worried a bit. Who was worried? The servant of God. What's that mean? Listen, you can be real close to church and still be bound by worry. You can be real close to the things of God and you can be real spiritual and still not have this confidence that Elisha had. And Elisha's prayer says, God, I just pray that you open his eyes so that he can see what I see. And once he saw it, he realized, man, there's a lot more with us than there. And our people are bad. Our people are, they're shooting, right? They got lightsabers. You know, this ain't so some homemade arrows that they're shooting. No, 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 no. These are, there's a host of angels. And the Bible says that this whole company of chariots that, how many, who, who, who do you think won? Yes, you are correct, sir. That they, they, they won. That's my prayer this morning. Is for every person here. Let's pray this morning. Thank you, Father God. I pray for every person here for our eyes to be opened. That no matter what these next few months or next few years, uh, no matter what life holds, that we see worry and fear and anxiety. That you say over and over and over to rid ourselves of that. To have complete confidence and assurance in you. That God, that we see it and we refuse 
to be a person that worries or frets or has anxiety. We refuse to be a person that's gripped by fear and panic attacks and depression and high blood pressure. We refuse to let these things get a foothold in our life because we know that there's more with us than there is with them. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I pray, Father God, for every person here. Even the ones that aren't here, the ones that are traveling, that, that, that they know that they have complete confidence and assurance that the Lord is our shepherd. We, shoot, we, we do not want, we do not lack, that you lead us to green pastures. You bring us to still waters. God, that you restore our soul this morning, our confidence in you, that, that we're not orphans and we're not just servants or slaves, but that we're sons and we're daughters. And that God, no matter what uh, we come against, that you're with us, you're for us. That you surround every person here with the knowledge uh, of of angels and your presence. Warring and helping in whatever facet of their life that they need. God, we see uh, worry as, as radioactive. Nuclear, God, we won't let it in our presence, in our midst. We have complete confidence in you. I'd like to pray for you this morning. If you're here, and number one, if you're not saved, you've never asked Jesus into your heart. You know, I told you a three-part being. The real you, your spirit, uh, has eternal life with Jesus, without Jesus. The Bible says there's a hell to, to, to shun, but there's a heaven to gain. Maybe you're here, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I'd like to pray with you, pray for you. Maybe you don't have confidence this morning. You say, I just don't have the confidence that, that I have eternal life. Uh, I need to be saved or born again. I'd like to pray with you, pray for you. Is there anybody like that this morning? Just get to raise your hand. No, most of you I want, but I want to make sure. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're just passing through. Maybe you're a family member. Uh, 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 you're a visitor this morning. I want to make sure every person is saved. Anybody like that this morning? Uh, the the last thing, if you say, I need my eyes opened. You say, I've, I've struggled for years with fear and anxiety. And uh, I, I, need, I need help in, in this area of my life. I, I worry. I, I'm afraid. If it's, not, if it's something this week, it'll be something else next week. Uh, I want you to know God wants God to help you. Uh, he's, he's trying to put you in this environment to change your thinking. He's trying to put you in an environment where you don't have to crawl through life. Be slowed down by worry. Uh, he's trying to put you in an environment and help uh, uh, to protect you. So, so that you can grow out of that and you can soar and you can go do the will of God. Lots of you, several of you. Uh, anybody else this morning? I just want to pray for you and want to uh, re- release God's, I believe, His anointing, His blessing in your life. Listen, I can tell you, I've, I've done there, I've, I've been there, done that, and I still have struggles sometimes. My wife, you know, she was telling me this morning, there's a point in her life where she couldn't even look at herself in the mirror without breaking down crying. She had these panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Maybe you're not that far along. Maybe you just worry. You know, worry turns into anxiety. Uh, uh, so maybe, maybe you're here. You say, you know, I don't have anxiety attacks, but I, I just worry. Anybody else this morning, I'd like to pray with you, pray for you. There's lots of you guys. Thank God for His goodness and just putting us in a place where we can grow this morning.